All right. So welcome to another episode of Behind the Design. I'm here with the same animals as usual with Aaron and Casey. And we have some special guests again today. Uh, we have Ryan and Corbin from RJM Builders. And we're discussing today why, why you should have a builder uh, from the very, very start of the design process all the way through. Thanks welcome, gentlemen. Us. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks Thank for having us. Thank you for coming. So my understanding of RJM is that basically, Ryan, you kicked this, uh, kicked the company off in 2011, but you're a bit of a veteran uh, in the industry for over 24 years. Yeah, started my apprenticeship in 96. Yeah, a little while ago. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, yeah. Anthony. Yeah, that's all right, mate. When we, when we look long and fresh like these other two yeah. down the end of the table. Um it's going to no. be a weekly joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fortnightly. It's only fortnightly podcast at the moment. Still got to deal with it every day, though. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The difference The difference between the two. The right. Attitude. Yeah. The attitude. <laughs> so we need to have a chat later on. Casey, do we? No, it's all good. Um, all right. So let's... Um, well, tell us a little bit about RJM. Yeah, RJM Builders. Uh, started in 2011. I... Um, was working in commercial industry and decided to follow my dream, which was start a business. And I thought it was the right thing to do, but I felt it was at the time. And it has paid off. We've been trading for nine years now, coming up to 10 years next year. And just through that decision maker was about, I wanted to have that challenge of changing the perception of a builder, which was that cliche, you know, over, uh, over budget can't communicate, never do what they're going to say. And I thought, well, let's have a challenge of this. And and uh, it's paying off having repeat clients and and it's enjoyable because I've got a good team around me now. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so it's going well. Yeah, we're yeah. enjoying it. So you and I, we kind of um, met each other on the same premise of this question that we have today about why... Um, you should speak to a builder or have a builder involved in the project from the word go. Um, it's been something that we've been passionate about with Synergy um, is trying to help people understand, you know, one of the biggest things that we find in our industry, our kind of a problem that we see with architects and building designers and drafties all the way through is that you have some design, very little designers and architects that are willing to talk to clients about budget, but you have... Um, uh, a majority of the projects is where where people are not getting the right idea and the right guidance when they start this process and getting an understanding of that's what right. actually their money can buy. That's right. And that's the frustrating thing we've had over the years when we've been tendering on projects is we go through that process where we get a set of documents from a designer, or architect or even the owner after they've been through the process of... Which, depending on where you go, can be quite yeah. expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'd we'd go down the road of quoting that job, um, then get feedback from the owner after spending all that time to to develop that tender to say, oh, it's way over our budget. We've got to go back to design again, and it's wasting everyone's time. It's very frustrating from a builder's point of view because we we pride ourselves on giving the right information up front and trying to give that um, uh, that. That corrects information. So through the project, you don't have blowout costs. So when we tender, we give all that information. So it's frustrating to have that time and time again. And that's one of the reasons I 
um, decided to start talking to companies like Synergy and, and especially you, Anthony, because we yep. have that same values that we need to get that information up front and work together as a team so we can deliver yeah. quality, deliver value. And not, not go around in circles. And yeah. Because it, it, it's, again, it's, we talk about this a lot. You know, we've, we've, this is uh, episode five, I think. Um, and I think every episode we talk about um, perception, but we also talk about uh, the customers and not lack of understanding. There's not a lot of great deal of information out there at the moment because I think there's this unwillingness to have this talk about the discussion about budget because there's so many variables mm-hmm. in everybody's project. So we talk about that your neighbour's project is not the same as yours. You could almost be building identical identical houses, but there's going to be the eccentricity that's going to change the budget. Individual to each project. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, their tastes, wants, needs are different to the neighbour, definitely. Exactly. You can go on the post-war renovation uh, home and there could be two exactly the same looking houses side by side, but they haven't been built exactly the same. So there's, the, you know, right down to the eccentricities under the skin of the existing property, especially when you're coming up with renovations and stuff like that um, in terms of... So it's it's always a hard thing. And the question that we get, that you get too, yes. is how much is something going to cost? Well, congratulations, it's a custom design. It's a renovation. I can't tell you, can I? I can give you rough ideas, Um and give you some guidance on there, but without actually having some kind of physical cost uh, or somebody looking at the numbers from the from the word go, it's very difficult to try and meet you up or, or, or join the dots for you unless we've got somebody who's pricing projects on a regular basis, who's in the... Um, on the ground looking at this information constantly and seeing, you know, what how much is concrete per cube metre now. Yeah, and um, be able to provide that detail. Yeah, quickly costed. as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, quickly as well. And I think um, this is where I see it's an opportunity for builders um, like yourselves and, and, and just builders in general is to get onto the bandwagon and basically say, right, here's another value add for your business, here's another here's another way of helping and impressing clients moving yeah, forward. Yeah, so step in there as a consultant at the start of the yeah. design process yeah. so that you can give that education on cost up front so changes can be made early at the early stage for example um we've did this exact thing for for a new home and their their design um when we did a a cost analysis a budget review on it was 1.4 and with a few tweaks to that at early stage we were able to pull out a hundred hundred thousand hundred thousand dollars out of that by yeah. taking out planner boxes that yep. were a wish list, a deck at the back that became a, a bay window, so it became internal sort of viewing platform. So those quick changes at the start of a design before you get down to engineering and spending more cost on that design can um, can be engineered very quickly. And so that's where I want to... You know, trying to educate the, 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 the consumer of that value in spending that time up front to bring a builder on. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily use that builder, but use them as a consultant and and then you know, then go to tender with that education of okay, well we've had a, a build professional builder look at this costing wise yep. alongside the draft drafty uh, architect yeah. on that process. And you can see then also too, um, so like you say, whether or not you're the builder of choice at the end of the day, which mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we, you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the idea. That's the idea, isn't it? <laughs> But at the end of the day, also too, what I love about that whole situation is that, look, we're great designers, right? But we're not builders. 
Um, I've been doing this for 17 years and I've learned a lot. You know, Aaron and I, case in point, yesterday, um, going through a project that's getting built over at Ormiston, um, which is a really interesting design, a lot of fun. Um, but we're working with the builder who's building the project on coming up with um, internal details of construction, you know, right down to steel detailing and things like that. So we know where the beams are going to be. When he gets on site, he knows that, you know, this is just not a normal slap it up and, and clad it and put the roof on type of construction. You know, there's, there's beams, fairly heavy beams because of the eccentricity of the design that are running in parallel um, that have to work together to kind of create the engineering solution. So, you know, we're, we're going through all that information with the builder direct and we're loving it. I mean, we think it's an absolute great. Because yep, it'd be um, educational to an extent for yourselves as well. Well, yeah, Not I mean, we, we know a lot of this already, but basically it's it's learning how this particular builder is going to build so that yep. basically if we can save him time, which then basically means that he can save money. So it's a it's the, the builder and the designer pulling together to get to the end of the project and, and, and not so much more in a design of or the architect being a project manager in a sense is, is telling people how they're going to do it and things like that it's working together with the builder and getting an understanding of how he wants to do it and how he thinks he can save the project money i agree with that anthony yeah. it's 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 that's um i think a, a fundamental that gets missed in design mm. is reviewing the structurals alongside the architects with the builder because that's the technical way that we build is a little bit different between builder to builder yeah and we can value add um, our ideas on how to cost save in that process. Well, just swapping out possible, you know, hardwood joists, which are you know expensive these days, with something else, or yeah. or working with a different supplier, which might have a different solution. But that's the supplier that you're used to using, and you're by doing that, it means you can save the project money. Like even just you know taking a window down a. A certain size goes from a commercial range to a residential range. Well, we were talking about that today, today. with a, a yeah. client that we were talking together with today. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, telling them and showing them how they can make a space be have that wow effect and, yes. and have the volume that they're looking for in the windows but without actually going to commercial grade type of glass. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, so it's all the minds and everything kind of working together to get to, get to the client to a certain point. A strong collaboration from yeah, the start. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, and, and, and like you say, it'd be lovely for everybody to get the, to get the Guernsey at the end of the design process and, you know, can continue moving forward and stuff like that. But, uh, um, I think, uh, even to a point where, you know, if we, if we do this and we do our job properly and we advise the client properly, the project may not even go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. It, it might not stack up or, yeah. um, um, we give them all the right information so yeah. then they can make the educated decision at the end to say, well, actually, we're not, we now we know that that design that we want or what we want at this, this house is too expensive or yep. it's overcapitalizing or it's not what we need. But and making, but making that decision early. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. Before you get to the point where you're committing yourself to full construction documentation, interior design, Engineers. engineering yes. and get yourself down the rabbit hole of approval. And this is even before say, working on projects that are uh, highly evolved in the, the town planning sense as well, is that, you know, doing this step before you go to town planning. Because there's a lot of money. You know, there's a lot of money. Can You know, even the simplest application can cost $5,000 these days. Um, so if you don't know where your numbers are at um, by the time you go to town planning or have an expectation of cost before you go to that process, you're spending a lot of money to, to come up with a false positive. That could change at the yeah. end of it all and have to go yeah. through that process again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so seeing a builder come on as a consultant at the very beginning. I mean, we have a working relationship where we, we're seeing clients now on a regular basis together to, to kind of um, um, have that builder designer but still create that kind of independent approach. Yeah, it's keeping that independence but collaborating with two professionals. Yeah. Um, and it worked well this morning because yeah. we were able to bounce ideas um, off each other and give the clients some further direction on how to proceed. As long as, long as the client's happy to talk about the budget in front of the builder. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> and that's the problem. It's always, well, as soon as I'm in a meeting, yeah. it's so, they think that once they say a budget, then I'm going to price to that budget. Which is, yeah. which is the, it's the, it's the oxymoron, right? It's, it's, it's the worst thing that a client could do with a builder is not tell them what their budget's going to be. It's more often that they're, their budgets is never meeting their expectations. expectations. It's always under what they, their expectations is. When yeah. they say, when they say they want to, want to spend 200, but then when they start talking, we're going, well, hang on, you're talking about a $400,000. Well, I mean, we, we can talk about, you know, we've, we've had two meetings this week. Um, one that we walked into knowing that this one meeting was going to be an interesting meeting, um, to say the least. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> and today's meeting, which was, um, went relatively well because we were able to give them um, pretty much options. But also, too, also heading off at the pass on Monday's meeting where um, uh, Ryan and I went and saw this client, um, a client that kind of came to us through the government grant process. Uh, yes, so and they started looking at the $150,000 grant. Yeah. Uh, the, and their budget was $150,000. And, um, and having these grand scheme of things, again, the client wasn't prepared and they, they're kind of shooting from the hip because they want to take advantage of 25 grand. Um, and they had this, you know, Corbin knows this, Corbin and I spoke about it on Monday, is that they had this laundry list of things that they wanted to do that was clearly a $600,000 project. Yeah, raise under, build, yeah, definitely a half million dollar project any day of the week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we still went and saw this person knowing that possibly that, that we, we may end up in that position. But, but to also offer them that education. Exactly, to go forward. and offer, offer that education moving forward and, and then give them options because likely usually what happens is, well, okay, well, well you know, maybe we've got $300,000 to spend. What can we do for that $300,000? And we quickly zoned in on, on the possibilities. And that within that $300,000 budget, there were options for that client as well. Um, in terms of um, the way that they could approach. And, and when you really kind of drill down with this particular client, they weren't after the massive McMansion type of project. Even their idea of the race and build under still wasn't the biggest race and build under that you could possibly do. Um, it, but the end result is, we're, well, we're quite happy with smaller kitchen, we're quite happy with smaller bathrooms and things like that. We're yeah, not looking for the major project. So we got to their needs and their needs yeah. were they wanted an... Uh, an extra bathroom, yeah, and, and a bedroom, li- and a bedroom, and, yeah. and a living a, space, and a living space, yeah, which could, yeah, which would fit their budget of you know, 150 plus. They had a contingency of 70, so their 200 budget, yeah, we had something to work with, yeah, exactly. Um, so we're we're kind of still working with that client, I think. Yes, um, we are. We, we are. We're coming yeah. up with possible solution for them on that one, um, but um, today's client was um, again. Uh, he was a little bit different. It was because he knew that he didn't know what his budget was going to give him. So talking talking with budget was a little bit easier. Today's client um, didn't know. There were so many questions about they could have sold the property and moved on to something else. Were they overcapitalizing? Their whole focus was um, around overcapitalizing. Mm. So their budget was driven not not from what they could afford. Their, 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 
sounded like they could afford a five hundred thousand or six hundred thousand dollar addition to their house. Mm. It was uh, uh, the whole lot was about we're going to overcapitalize if we're going to sell tomorrow. It was a market value decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty much looking. You know, if they had to sell the property tomorrow, um, what could they afford to do? Yeah. Which then was kind of hampering the the process of, it, it, it's a good question to have it's it, and obviously it's important to them yeah especially um, for those doing an investment property it's a large role play role to play yep. but this this is the family home and and they were kind of trying to compare what a renovation would get them compared to if they knocked the house over and started again yeah uh, and that's where it's hard to to then because then they could be pairing Throwing a, uh, a we're not allowed, we're not allowed to say also to just say no, just uh, just a precursor. I, I know where we're getting here. Yeah, you're not allowed no, to I'm say not... you're not allowed to say the full M and P word. Right? Are we, are we, are we uh, saying McDonald's builders? Still? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying any I'm not saying any words. But yeah. there's two class of builders here. We're saying we're design design builders. So we'll build a one off home. Yeah, and then you go down the other room. We sometimes get asked oh well the big mac the big mac prices yeah, yeah. you know so and that's, yeah. and that's and that's the thing you, you, the, we get competitive to the you know oh, what's your square meter rate and well you know depends how far you take your, your build or what are you doing in your build what level of finish you want yeah that's, yep. and that's, that's in it's custom that's, design it's custom, custom build custom yeah. build no one's it's, built your house before mm. so, so that that, bu- that budget when they look at knocking down the house and then they start talking about that budget figure um of rebuilding it, they're normally using a, a figure that's from a, a different style of builder, so it's hard to compare that that again. Um, that that budget is yeah, definitely Anthony is is needs to be disclosed. And like coming back to when I'm there, I'm not. It never comes out easily. Oh, yeah, it took it a long, it took, it took a long time. I got there. Yeah, we got there eventually. Yeah, it took a long time yeah. to get that figure out of this morning. But but, but once we got there. Once yeah. we understood where the pinch points were, once we understood what the budget expectations were going to be, once once we understood that they had three or four different, they'd already thought about three or four different options for themselves, yeah. and, and they were the reason why they didn't make a decision on any of them was because they didn't know what the, the end number would be. Um, uh, they just kept on going around a vicious circle. But once we got those numbers out of them, then the conversation became so easy um, because then we can then focus on the issues we know what the budget expectation is going to be and we can steer them away from two or three of those uh, from one or two of those options pretty much straight away and yes. say look this is what if this is what you're willing to spend this is what we can do but we end up leaving that meeting and probably what will happen with this one moving forward is that we will most likely do two options in terms of the design and we're going to we're going to be able to kind of put a cost modeling together based off of those two options yeah, and that will give them the information moving forward that they can make those decisions between the two of you you've probably dealt with a lot of you would have dealt with a lot of clients would you say working with a client who is um, a little bit more educated on the process easier or does it um, do you find it drags out the process trying to re-educate them if they haven't been or received the correct information um there's probably two questions there um if you if you answer it how you interpret yeah (laughs) Uh, no i was just trying to break it down so so the first question is basically is it easy to work with somebody who's educated and then we'll deal with the wrong education after that yeah Yeah. um yes it is yeah um the, the reason why it's easier to deal with somebody who's educated is because their um, decision process is a lot faster. 
mm-hmm. um, they generally hone in on what they know that they can do, or they generally hone in on what the and they they whether it's a quick decision process or it's a decision process being met over time. If it, if they can't, they may have had this really grand scheme that they wanted to pull off but they realised after educating themselves that their budget expectation is not there. So they've already compromised on the design and and they've taken their time to be able to uh, review that and then come to terms and and like their compromise and their realistic side side of what they can do with their budget. So it is a lot easier. And and look, you know, if you compare that to the people that we're speaking to today, um, lovely couple, by the way, if you guys are listening, uh, the... um, um, Really looking forward to working with you too. Uh, the <laughs> um, but basically, um, there were so many options for them. It's not that they weren't educated. What what they were missing a piece of the puzzle was how much was something going to cost. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's not. You know, I used the reference today in the meeting. Um, was you know we ended up at one point throwing darts. Yeah, we'll start going in a circle throwing darts because yeah. we're going. Well, how much would a a, B, or C cost. So we're there throwing darts at all the decisions, and mm. it's 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 bad to do that in a way because you can then lead your client into thinking, "Well, you told me this at that early stage, this was going to cost four hundred, and then when mm. you get down the process, so not not the best. Don't like to do that, do we, Anthony? No. Stand in the backyard and throw darts at concept ideas, and that's why we we then went in straight away and started. Well, let's let's go, let's get um, a fee proposal together yeah. and, and look at the Start drawing something. Yeah, start start putting, putting something on paper, and then we can then we can and then we can throw a cost at it yeah. and, and really look at a budget review. Um, and that budget review, it's a thorough document. It yeah. really breaks the, the, the project down mm. into into all the different trades and areas, and then then that's where the, the owner can take it. Well, it's educating. It's, it's, yeah. it's providing that piece of the puzzle that most people don't have. And it's probably the biggest question: is how much something's going to cost, mm. um, and then. You know, if you can't answer that question, then well, how much should I allow for a square meter rate? Well, that's even a, you know even harder question to answer. It's because how long's a street piece of string? What's your fit out look like? Yeah, how much what, are you doing to the existing house? Yeah. yeah, what are you doing inside the existing footprint? Exactly. So it's almost like you know, I keep coming back and I bang on it and things like that in terms of the chicken before the egg or the half before the cart before the horse. You know, those types of things is that you have to you have to go through a, a process of investing some time and money. Uh, into a design, so or a little level of documentation anyway, at least that we can give to you guys and say, okay, yes. right, let's start looking at the dollar values. We've been doing it long enough, um, you know, Ryan, twenty four years, me seventeen years. We've been we've been in front of clients long enough to know um, and and give you quick advice if whether or not your your project's just not going to stack up. Um, case in point with a, a lovely lady today on the phone before we had that meeting where she was trying to get an understanding of price and uh, had this laundry list of things again that she wanted to achieve with her property and it took me you know, about 20 minutes of the conversation. She kept on dancing around the number and I finally kind of worked a number out of her and just said, look, you know, um, I'm happy to come and talk to you and show you what you can do for that dollar value. I'm happy to come and help you understand why it's going to cost this much. Um, but in the end, we decided that um, that basically um, uh, that my information that I gave her was probably 
maybe a little bit blunt or maybe a little bit straight to the point, but at the end of the day, it was, it was good advice about basically saying, look, you just can't afford it. You can't afford what you're doing. You have to have a rethink or retool or sell a house and find something else that's going to work or that's either going to fulfill that now or um, sell a house that's going to work better for your budget. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. It's a hard, it's a hard thing, hard discussion. Hard, yeah, but hard you, need advice. To have that. you need to have that up front. Yeah. It needs to be the, the the first thing discussed. So then you can, yeah, give that, you know, that seventeen years of of knowledge over the phone mm. to really draw down. Is it going to be time well spent moving forward from here for me coming to draw up and spend your money? Because really, it's just really it's you're helping them out because you're not spending their money. I'm sure yeah, a lot exactly. of people out there yeah. designing for will just go there and and give a fee proposal. Yeah, I'll draw anything you there's, want. There's been great vindication over the last ten years, anyway, when we had that conversation with people and said, "Look, I think you need to sell your house." Um, yeah. There's at least been two or three scenarios in the last ten years where we said that to people, and um, we've been lucky in the back end that basically those those two to three people actually came back to us 12 months later once they sold the property, bought the one that they, that actually worked better, yeah. um, and and basically that they were able to throw the capital into this new property. Uh, and I think I also think from my personal point of view, if you if somebody buys a house and they've lived in the house for so long, it's also hard to pull yourself away from the emotional decision about renovating that property. I think if somebody buys a property, uh, you know, we always say you need to live in the house for six months um, before you start renovating a property. But if you buy a property with the intentions of renovating and get it going within that first 12 months, I think that process is a lot easier as well because you, you realise the capital growth at the same time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. whereas you, you if you sat in a property for 10 years uh, and then you want to throw $500,000 at that property, I think it's harder to to justify that $500,000 on that property um, because you've had 10 years worth of paying the mortgage. Mm. Yeah. 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 That on top of the 500, it's a big pill to swallow sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it can be a big pill to swallow. And sometimes half the time the house is just not suitable. Mm. Yeah. Um, Very rarely do we come across that house not being suitable. What was the second part of your question, Corwin? Um, (laughs) Working with those who... I don't know if educated is the right word, but or have a believe they have an idea and understanding of how the process should work and then it's not exactly what they thought it would be. Um, so what's my famous line? I spoke to the next door neighbour who spoke to their friend who spoke to the guy across the road who spoke to Jim from Interstate who That exact education who is, is what I'm talking who about. Is, <laughs> who is friends with Steve. Yeah. Uh, I think old Steve gets flogged um, every podcast. Um, the some education, some education, and the some being the wrong education can be quite a bad thing. I think, um, and we we bash pretty hard, um, you know, the block, and <laughs> and my house rules and all that type of stuff because I think it gives people false misguided understanding of time yeah. and money. Like a lot of it's it's very uh, fluffed up. Essentially, to make it look more of an enjoyable, not because it's not building's not not an enjoyable experience, but it's they rush through a lot of the drama of construction and keep the drama to the persons actually on the show. Yeah. So yeah, I agree that those shows definitely can misguide people on what's actually involved with building. Well, just the budgets too. I yeah, think, definitely. I think budgets is a big one. I mean, they're walking around with the pouches to half of their suppliers, like. 
we don't have them, so <laughs> I mean, if we can get some, that'd be great. Well, we, <laughs> I think we've we've cancelled our we've cancelled our grant promotion, haven't we? That's gone. That only lasted a week, and what that actually showed us as well is that some people were just not ready, and mm. some people didn't understand the value, and some people couldn't understand even spending twenty five thousand dollars on their house. Mm. You know, the, yeah, I've heard a lot of that with the grant. I think a lot of people have seen it as an opportunity to jump at small work. Yeah, and it's I think it's important to realise the government bought it in as an incentive to keep those who already had plans or were in the serious stage of moving into construction. It's sort of government's come in and said, "Hey, Correct. we'll give you a little bit extra, so go ahead with it." Yeah, yeah. But what we saw on our post, the people commenting. It wasn't people that were looking to spend, you know, five, six hundred thousand dollars for a typical what would probably be a typical project for you and I. Yeah. But um, we had people commenting saying that being expected to spend one hundred and fifty grand as a minimum was just ridiculous. They thought, who, who in the who in the world is going to have one hundred and fifty grand to spend on a Renault? They're going to overcapitalize. They don't have the money in the first place. And there was it was actually an argument on our. On our Facebook yeah, page, yeah, our, our about Facebook not post having the money. massive blow up. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was hilarious. We got so many. It, it was really good. We, I mean, we, it elevated us in some way, shape, or form, didn't Ashley? Yeah. It's yeah. good to see. It, it's, <laughs> I suppose it's it's good to see at your end because it I guess it puts in perspective what a lot or a particular audience might be looking at as what is a major renovation. Like yeah. we know a major renovation is going to cost you know realistically nothing less than three hundred thousand. Yeah, but. You know, it's to them that might be you know, three thousand is a big renovation, but it's not in the scheme of things with the level of work that we're doing. Well, when we first heard the when we first heard about the government grant, I mean, the first thing that came to our mind, I think you and I spoke about this too, Ryan, at one yes. point. I, I know I definitely spoke to you boys about this, um, Ashley, and um, sorry, um, Casey and Aaron. Oh, geez. Um, I haven't had lunch yet. We should go downstairs and, you know, get some great fish and chips. Um, but the, um, um, I've done it again. I've, I've started off and I've said something funny that I thought was funny. Um, and I've forgotten what <laughs> I was talking was about. The government, the government grant. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying about the government grant? What was I answering question to? You told us a story the other day. Oh, that's right. I told you. <laughs> uh, we were speaking about, we were concerned. One about the money that they were going to give out, and the other was that basically is was this going? You know, they're talking about it was originally called the tradie um, uh, scheme or something similar to that to try and keep tradies in work yeah, and all those stimulus types of jobs. Yeah, stimulus packages to keep, to keep, package to to keep, keep tradies going. back at work or you know the construction industry working. So yeah. we, we we finally got the number. So it was twenty five thousand, but there was no information around the twenty five thousand. And the first thing that we thought straight away was, oh great, you know, pill builders and bathroom, uh, bathroom renovators and, and, and kitchen renovators are, are pretty much going to have a really great twelve months, mm. um, and uh, which is you know. Uh, not really keeping any. Yeah, there's a couple of trades in there, you know, electrician and a plumber, and it's and a bunch of such a small job. Like, yeah, they're only yeah. month to maybe two month projects. There's nothing. Well, really month project for a bathroom, awesome. basically. Yeah. At the end of yeah. the day, month yeah. project for a kitchen once the cabinetry is done. Exactly. You know, so there's no kind of real longevity in those in, in those types of programs. So we were kind of when the, they finally came out and said, oh, you know, it's going to be nothing under 150,000. Okay, reasonable. They probably could have even said nothing under three hundred grand, mm. um, and and you know 
I, I've actually, my personal opinion of it, actually more than more, I may as well say it now, is that there should have been nothing under 300,000. And the means test, you know, dropped the 125 grand single. That just doesn't make any sense. And the, um, and, and shift the collective, um, uh, mum and dad type of household income, income. Yep. uh, somewhere closer to 300 grand. Yep. Um, and then you, then you're probably seeing a scheme that actually is going to make sense. Where it's going to start filtering the community because a lot of people aren't qualifying no. that we're hearing about yeah. aren't qualifying. So it's limiting the amount of people that are going to be Correct. able to. It's, yeah. it's so just, it's the just, whole package was to stimulate work yeah. and yeah. keep and people employed. So Anthony, you were saying just the other day that someone you know missed out on the grant by only $5,000. Yeah, that was my sister Cassie. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't have to remember this story. I've told it once, once or uh, once already today. Um, now that was my sister Cassie. She, uh, her, and her husband were looking at doing a renovation. Have done for some time. Um, have gone through the motions and um, hadn't really headed down the path. So they're educating themselves, basically going through that process. Um, hadn't really gone down that path of getting plans done just yet. And because uh, look, honestly, they can't af- they can't afford me. Um, that was the chair, by the way. If you heard that, um, <laughs> the and the, um, and basically, um, you know, I got a phone call from her uh, in the morning, uh, all excited about saying, "Oh, great! You know, with the twenty five thousand dollar grant, um, you know, we'll pretty much we weren't going to go, but we'll 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 kick it off and we'll get started." And uh, by lunchtime, one o'clock, the the uh, she, you know she was really excited. But by once lunchtime, one o'clock, ticked around. Um, she was quite devastated because her husband informed her that they were about five grand over over the limit. So that took them out of the running. So they so it was a bit of an emotional day. And um, but uh, and that's that's pretty commonplace at the moment with this grant and the way that it's going. Is it that, is. that basically people were that, that were either contemplating already or, or pretty much down the rabbit hole, uh, and they'll still keep going, you mm. know. But but basically, um, it's been an interesting week to say the least. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of um, there's a peak of inquiry, um, but it's I guess it's just it's attracting the inquiries. It's it's not bringing in the jobs that the um, the scheme was made for. Yeah, it's yeah. Ever everyone's just diving at it, and I think it's good that they've put these um, caps on it. I agree. It probably needs to be a bit higher yeah. so that they get um, jobs that are going to be creating longer jobs within the industry. Yeah. Instead of those renovations that are done in a month. Yeah. And then you move on, and everyone's just going to be in the same spot again. Mm. Um, so I think having those um, conditions are good, but maybe they could have spent a bit more time looking at who they were exactly trying to target with the scheme yeah. and made it a bit more clear um, coming out with the information. I think they did better than what I expected them to do, but I think I think it would have. I think they needed to really have a look scene to see what's going on. And I think they're a little bit nervous too, like you know Aaron said before that they didn't want people to see this as a scheme of, of letting the rich become richer. Mm. Um, that's not the case at all. I mean, if 25 grand was the difference between somebody not doing a project this year and the difference of making the project 
viable or you know covering the cost of plans and documentation yeah, they're not ready to do that project they're not ready the to case. do that project yeah, if yeah. that's the case yeah so um hence why we 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 cancelled our um, promotion on facebook for it um so to answer so that's that's kind of an answer to the question of about people who've got the wrong advice um that's that's kind of part of that process and the grant kind of stirring people on um people getting the wrong advice so are you talking about um, are these people at the start or they've gone through the design process or yeah i, I, I don't necessarily want to deem it as wrong advice as maybe um not all completely true um or they've only got a, a certain amount of the picture um so i suppose more focusing on the process of everything we find a lot of people think that the costs of a project that they hear about are strictly construction but they're not aware of everything involved especially in the design stage with you guys yep. um yeah so they budget they've got a budget whatever figure it is 200 but they haven't allowed for the prelim costs in exactly. That. So exactly. you take out the prelim costs and their budget's down to one seventy or whatever it would be. So yeah, so that education wise, yeah, exactly. And then um, more specific, also looking at the construction side of it. I suppose that's more of us and how we deal with that. But we, I suppose, work alongside the client during the construction and at the early stage during the design with them and sort of say, okay, this is what will happen here to give them an idea of what they can expect. So. Yes, my uh, it would. I suppose my question is more how how do you manage expectations that um, where they haven't been told what to expect coming into the process? It can be a hard one. I mm. mean, it, it it can be a hard one because you could be giving them the advice that you think is right for them, and they've heard something completely different. Mm. And it depends on where that advice came from. Yeah, whether because, or not they then question your advice. Well, exactly. Or whether they question your professional ability as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it can be hard. Um, and, and sometimes when you do get somebody who has got a, a certain amount of advice and it might be something that you disagree with, um, it can be a very difficult process to work with because basically then they... they They'd rather question you because they don't know you, but they know, you know, they Where seem to think that they know Jim's from. mate Steve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who, well, Steve. Or somebody's told them that they got a renovation or a new home for this amount. Like I, yeah. I, I know people want to make, people want to make their success stories sound a lot better than what they actually were. Yeah. Um, in terms of, 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 you know, how much did you spend on this? You know, if they spent $699,000 and, you know, 99 cents recurring, um, they'll tell you that we spent six hundred thousand dollars on this project. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and that comes down to again people being shy about budget, yeah, and, and not just being open and honest about well, it. Well, also too, there's that, that there, there's the reluction. You know, we you know we're all brought up as kids to basically say, don't talk about money, mm. don't tell people how much you've got in the bank account, don't tell much, don't tell you know. Uh, if you tell people how much you've got, um, then take th- they're going to take you up right to that limit. Yeah. Um, so basically, yes, in some scenarios that will happen, unfortunately. But in most of the scenarios, if you're dealing with a reputable building company that has been around for a very long time, yeah. um, and you know, they've got to be doing something right. And if, they, if, they, if they're taking a position of being forthright and professional about how they approach a client, then they're going to do that every single time. Hmm. Um, if you're dealing with, uh, you know, we, we did have a, a client this year 
um, that we we did the same thing that we would do with every other client. We talk about their design, we talk about their budget, we talk about what their expectations are going to be, we talk about getting them from point A to point B, and they had a builder involved in from, this process from the start. From, from the start, yep. Now, very educated people. They love renovating um, to the point of where they've got Instagram pages about it all and things like that. And, and so, and, it wasn't their first time. Now, well, it was their first time, um, but you know, we we could go into how things were. How they've got an existing property, and they basically were going to raise and build under, but they went and put the bathrooms in anyway. So first time doing a structural renovation. Okay, so they've done the change. bits and yeah. bobs throughout the house yeah. to yeah. spruce it up. To, to spruce but it up. But this was the this major. was the this was the major yeah. go. Yeah. So we we had those discussions and and basically, oh, we have a builder, and our builder's been advising us on price. So of course, me being inquisitive and trying to understand where they're at and things like that, I asked the question: Is well, what's your builder told you? And they told me what they should be allowing, and which for me was a third of the, the cost of the value or the, of the project that, that they should have been allowed for the project. Yeah, that they wanted for the project they and wanted. they wanted for the yeah. project they wanted. And basically, um, they went ahead with us still. You know, I gave them the advice and said, look, um, to the point where they, they didn't tell me to be quiet, but they definitely made their 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 uh, thoughts heard. felt yeah, and heard, yeah, and heard yeah. that basically, look, we've got a builder who's taking care of us. Don't worry about it. And unfortunately, um, they're still going ahead. They'll still get there. They've kind of come to peace with the disappointment. And, and we got them to the point where we say, right, we've got a set of documentation that we're, we're pleased with or you're pleased with um, and that this is where you need to go and talk to your builder. Mm. You need to go and talk to this guy, take your plans with him and put him under the microscope and say, right, you said that we could build this initially for this price. Mm. This is what we... This is what we've wanted. This is our thoughts on a page. Now, I will qualify this and say as well is that it's very hard for a builder to fully understand if somebody's um, giving you their thoughts and telling that, you... That's, that's where you can come unstuck so and that's that's where they're throwing the dart again. That's, that's right. That's where this builder probably hasn't done the, the proper... Proper due, process. Due, yeah, proper process, proper due diligence at the front. Yeah. Um, going on, well, if I tell... Say yes, yes, yes. You can do this, do this, and I hope that I'll get a project, right? And get a project out of yeah, it. Yeah, well, but but all it's done. He came clean, and this is why I forced the process with the clients. I said, "You need to go and see this guy, and have a chat with him." And basically, yeah, like without we knew exactly what the outcome was going to be. Um, well, he he'd either continue with the farce, or he would finally come clean, and he he came clean, mm. and it was devastating for them. Because basically they built up for so long in their mind that they were going to get this this fantastic six seven hundred thousand dollar renovation for a quarter of a million. Yeah, right. And at what stage did you tell them to go and have a chat with at the builder? DD like we normally would? Yeah. Um. In in this scenario, when the when the builder's not involved at at the first day. Yeah. Um. And there's a reluctance, and then they've got this builder involved. All of, when there's when this builder's involved from the first day, and that he's there was never really any communication with us with them, to the point where they, they were reluctant to give us his information as well. I mean, we asked a number of times so we can kind of have a chat with him and just see where he was at. Yeah. Um. And we didn't get that information, so. Uh, it's taken a couple of months, 
You know, COVID's probably the best friend for them so they can sit down and kind of retool and rethink think and, and think it out and stuff like that. So they're still going to go ahead. Yeah, excellent. Um, there's still going to be something there for them. Um, but basically, they had to come to terms with the fact that it's going to cost them three times more mm. than what they had anticipated um, to go forward. And that's a classic example of where this scenario can go wrong if you're using the wrong person yeah. um, uh, or somebody who's quick to tell you what you want to hear rather than telling you the actual facts of the matter. And it yeah. sounded like sounded like too um, a non-willingness to participate in the collaboration. Yeah, you right. extended an invitation and yeah. you know perhaps if that meeting had been had sooner, it could have been organized or revamped a lot earlier correct they may not have even gone through with the design process they may have said oh you know this is just too expensive for us and things like that um but they're kind of resilient kind of um um quick thinking very uh very smart people so they kind of figured out a way forward and um so the, the project's back on track yeah um we're aligning them um uh with a quality builder and uh, you yep. can't see me wink and nudge, um, but uh, we're lining them with the, with the right builder, yep. and basically so that they can now take the right necessary steps, get an understanding of what cost is going to be, and look. And if they want to, if they want to push and pull and pick and pick and turn and, and and things like that in terms of getting their budget in the right spot, well, look, great. This is what the information is supposed to be able to help. Yeah, and that's yeah. why that that journey of working together is that's what that's meant to help create and get on top of from yeah. the early stage yeah correct i agree are you two going to say anything today you know aaron just asked a question casey's gone mm, a couple of times <laughs> yeah <laughs> the obligatory one thing that you guys say in each meeting <laughs> And you guys, you so guys, just to, just you, to, you guys uh, have been part of all this. You, you can, you can yeah, speak. Anthony, up. Um, and that's, and the, I think that's where you got to get it right um, from a builder side of things is having um, the right process in place to ensure that you don't say the wrong thing to clients and mislead them on on budgets. Yeah, and, ha- and, and ha- starting in the right place. Yeah, yeah. and and um, and that's and that's you know looking at. Look at what what you should be providing at the early stage is not just a figure, you know, not just say, oh well, here's a budget review and it's one line saying the bill's going to yeah. cost X. It's actually breaking it down. Well, it's even it's that's even worse. I find I find that's even worse because then they get this false sense that again, like talk about false positives. But basically, the, even if they put it on the letterhead, and I think your project's worth between X and Y, you know, six to seven hundred thousand dollars. And the client goes, oh, well, we can afford $700,000, but what does six to $700,000 get me? Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's what I say. You need to have yeah. a, an actual a breakdown. So it covers the prelims. Does it cover design? No, that's covered elsewhere. Does and, it? And taking the time to explain that to the client as well, as opposed yeah. to just dumping it on their desk and saying, cause they're not going to look at it, especially if they haven't had that, um, or found the right education. I'll just jump to the figure and then make their decision yeah. off that. So yeah, being so able to sit down. Yeah. With the builder from the start, and know that they're going to get they they should know all the details of the project. They've been working with you and the designer, mm. and you'd probably be more comfortable knowing that that price has been allowed for everything. But making sure that the clients take the time to sit down with the builder and have it explained to them, give them much what more confidence. What's what's included exactly? Yeah, yeah, and and possible options. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what that's what we've done in the past, where 
there might be a brief saying, oh, do we build in down underneath? Mm. Or, or there is a saving there. Mm. Um, the, the, the classic Queenslander raised build under. You put the foundations down, um, all the structural work, all that. That's pretty much three quarters of your cost. Mm. And then the other quarter to finish off is, is fitting off inside. So given the, so once you've, once you've done the detailed budget, then you can give them, okay, well, up to that stage, you'll save this amount. If you don't go down there, just put your slats underneath the house that you have to do to comply with council regulations. To, yeah, correct. So no one sees your, your laundry down yeah, underneath yeah, the house. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, your, so, your knickers and your undies yeah, are yeah. out in, the, in full view of the street. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that's where you can give, then give the clients options to go, okay, well, you know, if you want to go the, the full, full, full build, this is what you get because it's there and then break it down for them. And it well, gets- also too gives them the option too, which we see a lot more happening now and people educating themselves about the staging process as well, mm. is that basically if they can't afford the full gamut of of work and, and what's being priced up, um, uh, they can go into a staged option where basically they can get to the house two-thirds of the way through that's what their budget's going to allow. They yes. don't want to go anywhere else. They love this house. They're going to see themselves in this place for a long time. Um, and then they can come back and finish off that one-third somewhere along later down the track. And even, you know, you can give them those options. Yes. Yeah. You Through can, that early stage of concept yeah. design and budgeting together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, it, it, and this is the thing. It's, 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 so, it's a, such a simple scenario of making, you know, you, you know yourself... When you go and you, you know, most people do this and not everybody does it, but most people do this is say you're going to go and buy a house. So, you know, what's the first thing that you're going to do when you buy a house? Well, one, most people look at the first thing is, well, can I afford it? Yeah. What's what's the bank going to lend me? What's the bank going to give me? Yeah. So what I'm actually able to afford, what I would like, but what I'm actually able to afford. So what I'm able to afford is actually going to dictate where they end up. So can I afford a house in Ascot or do I have to, you know, um, come on back to somewhere like Wavell Heights or something like that? Um, Wavell Heights is a good spot. Yeah, Wavell yeah. Heights is a great yeah. spot, you know. That's, yeah. that's a bit of biased or anything like that. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, we know our lanes, Ryan, right? We know where to stay. Um, but the, um, um, you know, uh, you're going to do that. You're going to go through a diligence process. Well, it's so surprising how people don't use the due diligence process very similar to buying a house or buying a car or, or making a massive investment. But people just don't go through that process. Yeah. Or they think that process should be free. Or they think that process should be very cheap. Yeah. Or quick and or easy. Or quick and easy. Mm-hmm. And, and you're talking about you, you've bought the property. So you're buying the property is probably one of the biggest investments that you'll ever make. But the second biggest investment and probably just as is is more important if you choose to buy that property and choose to renovate it. Um, doing that due diligence process um, from the word go, educating yourself about you know potentially how much something's going to cost. What do I get for my money? Um, and that that process doesn't stop once you engage a designer or you start engaging with a builder. That process is a, a, a process that will take you all the way through to the completion of that process. Mm. But but that in, that the the crucial point is that due diligence process at the very beginning is getting an understanding and, and talking to people like us. Mm. That's what we're here for. Yeah, consulting, like Ryan was saying, and exactly. just giving that information. Yeah, in an early stage. 
yeah, listening to the advice that we're giving you. And if and if we're getting advice, if you're getting advice that is contrary to some advice that you've been given, question it. Well, you can question it. Yeah, yeah. Like, question why, question why the advice that different? we're giving you. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Question the advice that you are getting. Yeah. Um, but if 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 you've got two or three people telling you something or two people telling you something and they're probably contradictory information well don't make a decision quickly based on one of those comments you've Mm -hmm. got to make you've got to look and do the research and just see okay well who's it's not so much who's telling the truth no who's giving who's who's giving giving the best advice who's giving the best advice at that particular point in time yeah 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 and 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 listening to the correct advice exactly yeah yeah i think another thing on top of that is trying to find a balance with the emotion involved in buying a house or starting a renovation i mean compared to buying an investment property it's a lot more about you could say it's a lot more about the numbers and you're not going to live there so you might not really care about what it looks like but when you buy a house it's a lot more emotional and then when you go and do a renovation for something that you're going to live in it's more emotional again because you're thinking about all the things you've seen on pinterest and instagram and um, the way you live in the house every single day and people get so attached to all of those things they think about before they even talk to one of us mm. and then to have us come in and say oh it's just not it's just not possible for $150,000 then they once you leave they're sort of thinking oh but I've been thinking about this for five years and like there's just so much emotion involved in it yeah. that I think that 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 really does play a big part in people not realizing or accepting, I suppose, that they can't have it. Yeah, it could be yeah. very off-putting for them rather than delving yeah. into and maybe finding an alternate solution. They just go, oh, well, that's it. I'll walk away now. Yeah, yeah. But they need to know that they can speak to the designer and builders and get information on how they can achieve or get close to achieving what they've wanted and been mm. dreaming about. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're not, we're not saying, no, you can't have it. Like, yes, you might not be able to have <laughs> something that's completely out of your budget, but talking to us is the point that we can find you a, something close to or an, an yeah. alternative. Find that solution. Yeah. yeah. And look, we're not saying we're the ultimate um, team, right? We're pretty close to it. I mean, pretty good. you know, I won. Well, well sorry, excuse me. We. Synergy. Synergy won. We won. Four design awards on Tuesday night, just you know, just, just saying. Thank you. Um you know, and we, we do a face wag of projects each year, you know, all in seriousness. Um, and um, uh, it's it's not that we're trying to make your decision harder. We just want you to get the right advice. And the amount of times that we see people uh, not listening to the advice or taking the advice or getting it the wrong way and going find, finding another path that feels like the least path of resistance and unfortunately ending up in more pain or or more distress during a process or it's happened building in, process. In, it happens a lot. It's happened before where you've given that advice and they've taken it the wrong way or negative because they're saying, oh, I can get it done cheaper. Well, or Well, Anthony's... And then the designer up, of the builders, the designer of the builders not telling me what I want to hear. Yeah, and yeah. then they end yeah. up coming back anyway. Mm. They've gone around, the, gone around circles and they end up coming back. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry about that. I That's think, okay. I think what Aaron's saying... Um, about people getting excited and emotionally attached shows the importance of getting the builder in earlier rather than going without it and getting right to the end of the design process and how much more excited and you attached you are at that point 
Yeah. And then having the big letdown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also getting the builder in during the design stage, you might find, and not to say that builders don't come in at construction and they aren't equally excited, but knowing that they've also had a previous investment to your project before construction. Also, you, yeah. could, you could feel a bit more comfortable knowing that they also have a bit more of a connection to that project now as well. Yeah. And we'll treat it more as... Well, they know own. that they know the... the they know the value of the project. They understand mm. what the clients drive, what the clients, what's important to, what's the, client. important to the client, their drives. Um, and um, basically, you know, if they're involved in the early uh, early stage of the process and providing that kind of budgetary advice, well, it's going to have to be right because mm. if you stuff that up towards the end, then there's no chance that you're going to get the project. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to do it. You've got to do it right from the word go. Yeah. Um, and look... Each builder is going to price things differently. Mm. Um, like Ryan said, we've all got our own building techniques, which yeah. does you know change costs on certain build techniques. Well, it's more than that too. It's where you, where's where's your supplies coming from? Mm. Who? What timber yard are you using? Yep. Um, what agreements or what what deals have you got with certain suppliers and certain manufacturers and and kitchen cabinetry makers and you know what's your electrician want per hour and what's the plumber and all those types of things so yep. there's yeah. hundreds of thousands of of little dot points along the way that are going to make a price um a little bit different than the next guy yeah exactly yeah Agreed but if you but if you get the advice from the word go and using using a builder as a consultant moving forward i think there's nothing better um the chances of your success uh of getting from a to b you know, a, a starting your process and B, you know, a, a wonderfully completed house is going to be a hell of a lot easier. Mm. I think... Um, and more enjoyable. We, we touch base on budget a fair bit, but um, important to a lot of people as well is the time frame yeah. for that project and knowing that the builder's been in start again from the start working with you, a lot more understanding as to what's involved with the project, especially um, when it comes down to renovations as well. You know, there's a lot that can be hidden behind the walls that you don't know until you get on site. So if a builder's been working from the start, they're going to have been out to the existing site, been able to have a look around and be more aware of what's going to be involved in the project and how long it can take. You won't get, clients aren't going to get to the end of what was the original practical completion and be like, we're still two months away, what's going on here, you know? But it's, it's, it's having an intimate grasp of the project, Mm. really. Yep. Is what you're saying. Yes. Um, and Absolutely. if you have a team, so obviously we come with engineers, we have our coordination process, engineers, certifiers, you know, right down to the soil tester, energy star ratings and so forth, interior designers, you know, um, town planners, uh, surveyors and all those types of stuff. I mean, that's how we approach the market. Um, and a lot of the, some of the guys you use, you use your own consultants and things like that as well. Um, but basically it's a, it's a team process. Mm-hmm. And even then, you know, we say to our clients when we, we do a handoff to you guys and we say, well, look, we're not going to, you know, um, step away now. Yeah. Close the book. It's all, yeah, the, close the book is done. You know, I hope <laughs> it goes really, really well. We'll yeah. call you in 12 months. Yeah. And, you know, we're waiting for the invite for the party. Yeah. Um, it's not to stay involved. It, yeah. That's right. So it's, it's kind of like, um, as a designer in the design process and the approval process, we're taking the lead, right, at that particular point in time. And uh, as a builder, you guys are coming in as a consultant, so you're kind of in the shadows uh, helping us kind of get from that early stages of point A to point B. Mm. 
Um, and then when we kind of transition into the, both stages are just as important as each other. Yeah, small um, parts. Yeah, so you, you know, um, my neighbour, uh, Wade, always says, uh, you know, that the, the uh, uh, teamwork makes the dream work. And um, uh, essentially, um, uh, you can laugh, Casey, it's all right. I can see the smirk on your face, Steve. Um, and um, but basically we're getting to the point of where we hand over you guys and you guys then take the lead in the project moving forward and then we're in the shadows um kind of still um, consulting consulting. yeah Yeah, because that's that's where the that's where the jobs um I i like to have the clients walk the job um at least every second week to get a feel for the as it's been evolving and then bounce other ideas off off architects like like off engineers yeah. through that process because yeah. you can stand there and go oh let's let's how about this and can actually the client can then think about other ideas and fluid fluid design you know that fluidness in a build and that's where then we need to come back and and discuss those options yeah and work together as that team yeah. to get the to get the most out of that build so it's not just um, at the start of you got design done you, you build it. The whole process evolves throughout, and yeah, you want that. Cause sometimes you don't know until you're standing in your living room, and you're like, "I want that window to be bigger." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. and look, and that and that yeah. that stuff does happen. Yeah, I mean, we take pride we take pride in the fact that you know there may be one or two variations, document or client client derived variations when yeah. we go through the building process. We're definitely not like a lot of. Um, a words um, that the, thirty variations. The later. thirty variations during the construction phase. Yeah, now I've changed that um, terminology to uh, change order. Change order. Change order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get away, get away from variation. The change order. Yeah, that's not a variation. Well, of course it's a bloody variation. Who's going to pay for it? Yeah. <laughs> The old, the it's, a, it's a builder's favourite word, isn't it? Oh, the change <laughs> word, no, the, the variation, variation word. Oh, it's that's like, where you get that's where you get to add twenty five percent on your admin costs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I think that's the first thing they teach you at building school, isn't it? How yeah. you spell and use variation in every sentence you talk to in a client. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's cost. What's it cost? Plus twenty five percent. That's the minimum. That's the minimum yeah. allowance, right? Yeah. Um, but um, getting back to, um, you know, if you did go down this track, and, and I think it's a highly uh, crucial decision to make is bringing a builder on very early in the piece, um, you don't necessarily, uh, as much as, again, we'd, we'd like you to get the Guernsey, you know, send us in coach, but you don't necessarily need to continue on with that builder if that builder's not no longer price competitive or... You, you do feel like you want to shop around, you can. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's not, um, you don't, it's, people I think get, they, they think they, that they have to use that builder once they sign them up. They're not mm. signing up, they're, they're coming on as that a consultant to, yeah. to, to fill that gap. Um, and make sure that the client's not being misled and is yeah. going to have, yeah. or every, when they do go out, it's going to have similar that's how we that's how, that's how we um, educate um, those meetings when we say that we can give you a budget review at an early stage. Yeah. And we tell them that we're not saying that you have to sign us up as a builder. You sign us up as giving you a preliminary but budget. You, you, you may not even be available at the time that's that they're really built. That's it. That's um, it. So you, you might might have great intentions of picking the client up. You might have great intentions of signing a contract with the client in three to six months' time. 
but you you well, might be fortunate enough to pick up a couple of projects. Yeah. You might not have to start for 12 months and exactly. then outside their, their time frame, they want to start within three. Mm. So we'd have to then say we can't you know, go through that process. But it's... It, uh, and I think that goes back to the whole thing of where, you know, we've been talking to builders in general um, from our point of view and saying, well, I can't understand why you would give your time away for nothing as well. And I mean, it's come back to the old adage as well that um, you get what you pay for. Mm. Well, if you pay nothing, expect nothing. Yeah. If you pay nothing and then don't like the outcome, then don't get cranky with the outcome. You've paid nothing to get to that outcome. Mm. Um, so, which we see a lot of where basically clients, um, not all clients, you know, you get the odd one or two that won't, that just don't see the value in, in, in paying a builder, um, for their time. Because I, I know if I'm heading down the road of half a million dollar project, I want all the, you know, the, uh, I's dotted and the T's crossed. Yeah. I want to know that everything's been taken care of. I want to know what's in the quote, what's been allowed for and what hasn't. Yeah. Um, and I want to know my builder spent as much time as he possibly could to look at all the scenarios. Yeah. And if my builders, you know, my eight hundred or a thousand dollar investment in getting my builder to give me an idea of cost and giving me this massive spreadsheet that I can look at, and you're talking about, you know, somebody do the numbers real quickly. What's a thousand dollars and a half a million dollar project? Point. Point zero zero five or something yeah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a small amount that you'll make back very quickly during. Well, it's it's worth its weight. It's a, the, the yeah. value is yeah. huge. The <laughs> value proposition for a thousand dollars at a half a million dollar project, yeah. or whatever the cost is going to be. And you might find a lot of time that builder, like we do, will offer that um, original upfront payment back as well. You yeah. know, it's as a as a thank you for yeah. trusting that we're about to provide you everything that you need, and yeah. we're going to work with you for that. Yeah, so. exactly, and it's and so it's that, that goes into the field of you know, charging for tenders in a way that you know, builders are, have always been known to give free quotes, and you get a one-page quote from a free quote. Where if you pay for your tender, that can be reimbursed, like Corbin's saying, if you sign contract with the builder, is a better way to go from a that I feel from a client's point of view because they're getting value for money. That thousand dollars means that then they're engaging them to give a a, a proper document that they that I know I pride myself on giving because I've been paid for it so I've got to deliver now. Well, the, the, the client can rely on it. Yeah, mm. and they're not, they're not chasing the builder because oh, he's doing something for nothing so they're constantly chasing him to get a price. Yeah. Whereas, whereas as soon as you engage them, then we're well, paying for a service and, it, and you're more likely to get that. Well, you've got then the, the client's got skin in the game with you guys mm. as well. You mm. feel like um, that you've been valued so you're going to, to, like you say, your professionalism, if you don't do it properly, is going to be questioned. Yes. Um, but you feel like you're going to be valued. So you're going to be a lot more forthcoming as well. Um, you're going to want to help the client. You're going to want to jump on to doing that budget estimate really quickly um, because the potential is that you're, you know, how often have we seen it time and time again where we'd, we'd, we'd submit a set of plans to a builder Two months later. And we're still, yeah, two months later, we're still waiting. Yeah. You know, boys, you know this as well. We're still waiting because the builder's not charging for his times and he doesn't want to sit up at 11 o'clock at night to do the price. Yeah, and I'd they say to us, it, it's going to take me 36 hours to put this together. I've, mm-hmm. I've got three projects running, so I just don't have time. So, yeah. And sometimes they don't even bother giving you a quote. No. Yeah, just touch base on being honest about budgeting. I think it's good for to state that to builders 
prior to tender because then they can tell you up front, I won't be able to build that for you for that price. And you're not then waiting around for a quote, potentially a free quote. You're not hanging around waiting for a number to come back when you could have moved forward with another builder who can do it for you. That just touching base on that, you know, to be honest up front again about what you can and can't spend. Don't treat it like you said, don't treat it as the builders are going to get everything they can out of you. Yeah, that's the fear people have. Yeah. What they want is way cheaper in reality. And they think you're just going to pump up the numbers to meet whatever the budget is. Yeah, no. And and you should, I think clients will get a good understanding of if the builder's doing that or not, especially once they see the documentation that they get at the stage of quoting. And once the builder sits down with them, they might be able to say, okay, well, it sort of looks like we can save a bit of money here. And the builder will be able to say yes or no or... um, they'll just know from the start that they weren't able to build that for them because it's out of their the building beach. price capabilities. Yeah. Well, and, and also too, I mean, it builds on a conversation that we had in our last podcast about um, choosing the builder for your project, choosing the right builder for your project because we, we, we were talking from the basis of, you know, don't expect a new home builder or off-the-plan builder to be able to go and pick up your renovation and run with it. Um, unless they've got history, you know, unless they're, they're, they're a renovation builder or they've got somebody who's done a lot of renovations before and know the, the pinch points and the issues and the, and the things, that, especially when it comes to pricing, let alone construction. Yeah. Um, and this is the same thing is that you're not going to get, um, you know, the one man band builder with his, with his, um, he's full time chippy and he's, um, uh, an apprentice is going to be in a, a probably slightly better price point than a bigger builder or, or, or somebody who's a bit more set up to do multiple jobs. Mm. But and those larger scale jobs as well that they've had the experience in. Correct. Yep. Correct. So he's not necessarily going to be a right fit for, for a million dollar project. Yeah. Um, because can he scale up to do that million dollar project? Can he do it fairly quickly? Is he going to be able to deliver quickly? Is he going to be able to deliver a great product? Um, so it, it's, it's all about kind of, you know, the old saying, you know, horses for courses and things like that. And in terms of, you know, backing the right, the, the winner for, yep. for, for the project and, and getting the right builder involved from the word go also as well. Yes. Um, because, you know, there's, there's middle market type of player builders that are just not suited to luxury home where there's guys that are, you know, this is coming, you know, a bit playing back into your comment, Corbin, about, um, the luxury luxury home guy trying to compete or giving you a price against somebody who's a middle, middle of the market player um, and he looking a lot better, the middle market player really looking really good on paper um, but not totally understanding what the high-end builder is going to give you for that price as well. Yeah. Um, but that high-end builder may not be working with for you because basically he's used to producing or building for certain types of clientele. Mm. Yeah, and And that's where the builder... Should be coming in and saying, "Well, look, you, you, you know, this is what we do. This is this is the type of home. This is the type of finish. And if you want this type of home, this type of finish, how much is going to cost? This is what it's going to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, and touching and like understanding the experience of that middle range uh, builder that you're saying. You know, the documentation can be completely different. That three million dollar builder is used to used to those projects. Yep. knows what's involved. And then again, the um, 
middle what would you call it middle build middle range builder middle range builder. middle range the middle yep. yeah middle just so they're doing a great job <laughs> you know um price price points are really reasonable yeah 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 <laughs> but they might not fully understand everything that's involved with it because that's not the project they work on they, they'd be great they'd be great for the projects they do normally work correct. on and that's right yeah. you got to choose the builder that's right for your project correct correct yeah, yeah and unfortunately um as much as we would like to all do million-dollar homes and all those types of things and do that on a regular basis, well, I shouldn't say million-dollar homes because it's becoming the kind of the norm now, isn't it? We should multi-million-dollar homes. Um, yeah. <laughs> with, with big pools and internal waterfalls and, um, you know. Um, yeah, so th- as much as we'd all love to be doing those types of things, sometimes, unfortunately, we find ourselves doing the... the the yeah, well, it's the easy work, but the you know, the 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 market work. Yeah, and it's not to say that we don't want to be doing them. I I know that we really enjoy doing those projects. That oh, are don't don't draw any conclusion between my comments and you guys. Don't worry about that. <laughs> that's just that's just general general talk. Yeah, yeah, because we we enjoy those projects that are um that they often come with a lot more individuality mm. and um, importance to the client. And that, like, that's where you touch on, you know, no one else has built this home before. Yeah. And that's the stuff we like to get involved with, you know. It's 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 a challenge, but it's um, a, a good challenge. I don't know if it's an emotional journey for yeah. the clients. And um, that's that's the, one of the biggest challenges that we have. Um, the building part's easy in a way. It's the... It's the the um, education and emotional side yeah. of things that comes with with, with building your, yeah, your what, dream home and spending your working money. alongside them and yeah making sure that they're having a good emotional experience a good journey good building journey yeah so I think we can I think we we're getting to the point of the conversation where I think we've covered a fair bit of the stuff off so in terms of um, if we, if we were to come to a conclusion on why you should speak to a builder from the very beginning. Or have a builder involved. Um, I mean, the short the short answer to our very long conversation is yes, uh, do it. Is, get is, them in is, there. Yeah. Is, 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 get, is you get, get, do it. The investment the investment's so small, but what you're getting out of the investment so large. Yeah. So get yeah. RJ and builders involved at the start. Yeah. <laughs> Conclusion. <laughs> I think I think we need to come up with this. We need to come up with some kind of sponsoring system, right? Yeah, hey, you yeah. know, every time today's, you say your company's today's name. podcast is brought to you by our, our RJM Builders. You know, <laughs> um, deposit five hundred dollars here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going downstairs to have a big seafood lunch, um, but um, no, not at all. Look, um, <laughs> I should qualify that and say no one's getting paid to be here. Well, I mean, some of us are, um, but um, the conversation really is born out of a, a, a general understanding or a, a high level understanding standing should say of wanting to do better or, or, or wanting to bring something better to the marketplace and what is yes. there what is there now and dispelling the rumors or the stigmas or the things like that that builders can be painted with uh, um, on a regular basis whether they have been deserved or not yeah and um, not just the builders but the building process in general yeah exactly because it can be put back on you know sometimes it won't just be the builder it could be something you know that's just happened that's unfortunate and then it gets put back on the whole process and building as a project can be seen negatively but it shouldn't be it's a fun process it's always it's something new everyone should have a crack at it you know it's it's enjoyable 
we're talking to new people every day yeah about the process and and it's and it's interesting so you know the idea of this podcast is to start edu- is is hopefully educating people um about uh, what they what they can be doing mm. what they should be doing what to have they, a better experience to have a better experience yes um start how you want to finish so if you don't want to put any time um into your design process or your building process for the very good well expect that you know um it's not going to end well or or there's going to be a lot of questions or there's going to be a fair bit of disappointment if you're willing to put a time put time into the start of the process um engage with the people that you need to engage with um there's so many variables in a build now there's so many things that, and there's so many different ways that you can do the same kitchen, you can do the same renovation, you can do um, the same bathroom and the fit out and the finish and things like that. It's hard. We can't just give you a general idea of cost. It doesn't work like that anymore. We've never built or designed your property before. Mm. So what's the best way to do it? Well, get into a, a team of builders and designers yeah, that, collaboration are, going. that are collaborating and yeah. that are working together to to get a great end result. So what's what's the deal guys? What's what's the what's what's it cost us? What's it cost the client? Up front? Yeah. To do a budget review? Yeah. A budget review, yeah, um, up to a thousand dollars to review. Um, this is prior to engineering and all those yeah. final documentation. So yep. this is this yeah. early stage yeah. review of um, project. Yep. It would be between eight and one thousand. Yep. Yep. And what can someone expect to get for a thousand dollars? Like, is it a one one sheet of paper? Is it a big um, breakdown? No, it'd be, no, it's a it's a it's a trade summary breakdown. So we'll go from prelims through the different trades: plumber, electrician, and then structure uh, to um, internal fit out. Um, three or four pages of information that then can be like we discussed about then breaking it into stages if required or yeah. and then and then and not knowing because obviously not knowing what steel's going into it if it's yeah. race and build owner and things like that there's some educated yeah. um, I won't say assumptions or guesses but there's some educated there's allowances so in. so yeah. we'll have like that's exactly right so talking about the steel there'll be allowance for structural steel allowance so it's all allowances so then when you get the structural steel so when we can then when it goes to the the construction quote where you can then send out um, to tender prices to suppliers. Mm. Then you can go, well, we allowed X in the budget review and now we're getting these prices and then you can see that difference. And that's uh, also that's... And then we, we've, we've known in the past it's, it's quite close because the experience we've got over the years. So how does the process work then in... Um, um, and we know the process. We're, we're just trying to mm. give it out to the, the listeners. Is that... So the process is um, we do up, uh, get to a point where we've got a set of documentation that can be used, uh, which is early in the design phase. And that's a floor, simple floor plan, uh, elevations. elevations. So what we call the design development set of yep. documentations pretty much. And get that over to you guys. You guys put a number together. Um, uh, and then, you know, Corbin, you were talking about it earlier in the podcast that basically you want to sit down in front of the client and you want to Correct. explain the numbers. Yeah, so we won't just sort of turn around and say this is what it's currently costing. We'll sit down and go through the trade that trade breakdown we'll, and say this we'll is where you're at. put it in a, a glossy folder so then they've got it as something that they can sit down um, past that meeting to, to chew over back and with then, the designer. And then so basically you've got that, you've sat down, you've talked them through the numbers yeah. um, and then the process from there, can they talk to you again? What's How does this work in terms of if they, they need further understanding on the information inside the quote? Um, 
can they review that with you? What's the process in terms of you know what what are the options then from there? Yeah, so the the, the first first is the sit down. We'll go through those costs. From there, um, we then provide the service of coming back to sit down with the design team and then look at cost saving measures as a as a process. Yeah. Um, anything outside of that, then we'll have to review. Um, Further cost analysis so the cost required. So, so the yeah, so the client's basically going through a process. So um, the clients are going to go through a, a fact process, a fact check process. Basically, at the end of the day, due diligence process. It's going to provide them with a lot of information. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to make early decisions uh, about compromise as well if they have to down through that process. Yes. And then it's just a really great launching pad, and then it provides a certain level of expectation that when they get to the end product, at the end of the documentation cycle. Um, and you guys are looking at doing a proper um, tender uh, for the project that encompasses every little bits and pieces mm-hmm. that are that it's on the documentation, the engineering, and the approvals. Yeah. Um, that basically there there is going to be an expectation that you're going to be within QE. Yes, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, of the number. All right, guys. Look, I think that's a, a great discussion, um, and I thank Corbin and Ryan from RJM Builders. Thank you for having us. Thank you. For coming through. No, you're more than welcome. Very guys. insightful. Hopefully we've um, been able to educate a few listeners. Well, I hope so too. Uh, three of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that including me or? <laughs> I don't know. What are the stats, Ashley? Are we going all right on the old podcast numbers? Do we actually know how many people are listening to us? Oh, yeah. well, hello to everyone listening anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <I'm> you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on the radio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, guys, well, that's for, that's it for episode five. Um, if you want to find out information from um, Corbin and Ryan, you can jump on their website, which is, guys? www.rjmbuilders.com.au. Nice and simple. Okay, simple yep. as that. You can jump on there, have a look at some past projects. Um, there's a contact information. There's also, yep. too, I believe, a form that if somebody's interested in working with you guys moving forward, they can fill that out, too. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. There's a questionnaire form that simple questions about you know, what their ideas are and help us out to understand their dreams and aspirations of their build. And yep. there's obviously what? also, too, an Instagrams and a book face. Yep, yep, plenty yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, LinkedIn thing. starting up and Pinterest as well. And as well, phone calls where love a good old fashioned chat. chat as well. So three two six six seven one zero one. Anyone looking to <laughs> catch up or consult even, you know. Sounds like you're consulting a pizza And if Pizza Hut wants to be a sponsor of the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind a pepperoni pizza right now. Oh, yeah. New uh, Yorker range for sure. The, um, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you.